Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labour on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon, surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that, you do, that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Morning, everybody. Can I add my welcome to Sarah's? It's a joy to have you with us. My name is Tim Chilvers, one of the leaders here at Riverside, uh, and you are very welcome here, whether this is your first time or your uh, 53rd time, uh, because it couldn't be more than that in Bourneville. It's the 53rd week, so uh, we hope that you really feel at home amongst us. We are in the middle of a series at the moment called Invited, radically different kind of hospitality, summed up in one word, come. Let's pray as we come to this bit of the Bible. Father, we thank you that you invite us. You invite us to come. And Lord, now we pray that we would hear your voice speaking to us. And that we'd respond to that invitation. Amen. So we do live in a world of division, don't we? A world of disunity uh, in which there are camps and there are left and right. A world in which you can read the newspaper with the view that you agree with. You can read the blog posts with the people that you agree with. Or you can follow people on Twitter solely because you disagree so that you can have, get into an argument with them. We live in a world of them and us. A world of polarized opinions. And yet at the heart of the Christian faith is that invitation for all of us to come, an invitation to unity, that invitation by God, whoever we are, whatever we think, whatever our background, whatever we've done, to come, to come. And this series that we're in, the key verse, if you like, for the series and for us in this year as a church is this verse from the book of Zechariah in which God looks forward through the prophet Zechariah, looks forward to a day when all the sin of the land is removed and therefore it impacts the way people live in their relationships with each other. In I will remove the sin of this land in a single day and in that day each of you will invite your neighbour to sit under your vine and fig tree, declares the Lord. At the heart of the Christian faith is an invitation to deal with all the rubbish, all the mess, all the stuff in my own life, which therefore has a radical impact on the way we relate together. We extend that invitation to others. And so today we're going to unpack the God bit a little bit more, the invitation to us from God. There's four key aspects, four key invitations in this passage that Sarah read to us, and we're briefly going to go through them all, okay? And the first is this. In 2016, there is an invitation to you, 
an invitation to life. Look again at verse 1 of Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. There's three drinks in this passage that we're going to focus on. And the first is water. Water. Have you ever been in a position where you've been deeply, deeply thirsty? Not just kind of I could do with a drink, but proper, proper thirst. Where you've just been doing some athletics or whatever it is and you're dying for some drink. And that quenching thirst of a cup of water. That's what this passage is talking about. And the background is that this is not a good time for God's people. They are desperate. And yet there is this hope, an invitation to come and have your thirst quenched. And water is simply a symbol of life, isn't it? Water is the drink we all long for. In the desert, it's the drink we all need. On a desert island, we don't want salt water. We want water, pure, drinkable water. And do you notice something about this water? Look how much it costs. Come, you who have no money, come buy and eat and drink. In other words, there is a cost, but the cost is not paid for by us. Even if you have no money, you can have your thirst quenched. And you can have your, your need for food dealt with. But the passage goes on, doesn't it? Verse 2 why spend money on what's not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? In other words, we seek life. We seek the life that water gives, and yet we seek it in the wrong place. We labor after things that don't satisfy. We, we, we spend money trying to buy experiences or trying to invest in, in pleasures or trying to invest in things that ultimately we know don't bring that life that we are looking for. I remember talking with a friend of mine who was a stockbroker in the city of London. Did very well for himself very early in life, earning a lot of money. Then he moved to New York and he had the Ferrari, he had the swimming pool in his house, he had the gorgeous wife, he had a deep, deep emptiness. He said to me once, I could introduce you to very, very many unhappy and dissatisfied millionaires. And that longing, that deeply dissatisfactory labor made him long for more. And he began to go to a church in his lunch, kind of lunch 15 minutes that they had, uh, and began to investigate, and he's now a church pastor in Essex. Can I ask you, what are you laboring for? What are the things that you are seeking satisfaction in? It might be your family, it might be a partner, it might be a longing for a child, it might be a uh, longing for a career move, it might be a longing for a bigger, better house, it might be a nicer car, it might be more beauty, it might be lovely clothes, it might be something to do with how people see you. What is it you long for to fulfill your life? It's interesting, David Bowie's in the news, obviously, a lot. Uh, uh, and there's a fascinating article in one of the national papers about him, I don't know if you caught it, about how his faith kind of was stimulated when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. According to this newspaper, he said, quotes, you don't get any atheists on the battlefield. Now that he was in that battlefield, faced with terminal cancer, he realized there were things, questions that he needed to answer. 
And this article said some fascinating words. Quotes, he never felt comfortable with atheism. I don't know what happened to him in his life and his view of God. But it is true, isn't it? We strive for something to satisfy us. Uh, and yet sometimes that striving costs us more than we imagine. And yet here there is an offer of life. Water that really does quench that thirst, that longing for satisfaction. In your outlooks, can I just flag up, if there's something that you've never explored, we are running an alpha course here, starts this Tuesday. This is a brilliant way to explore the thirst that you have. Please do think about coming along. Or maybe for some, you know you are, uh, you've kind of met, you've had that thirst quenched. But we still resonate with that image, that longing for more. Some of us resonate with this image. This is posted by a woman, a mum on her front door. How many would like to have done this in their past? Twin boys asleep, only knock this door if you're A, Gary Barlow, B, I've won the premium bonds, or C, someone I know has died. Life is full, exhausting, stressful, pressurised. It can be so complex. We need life. And for some of us, if we're honest, we need to return to the source of life. We need to have another drink of water. And maybe 2016, for some of us, our prayer might be, Lord, would you quench that thirst that I used to drink deeply of. And now I've, just with the normal pressures of life, veered away from. So that's the first invitation, an invitation to life. But there's a second invitation in 2016 from this passage, an invitation to grow, which is summarized by our second drink. We've had water, and now we come, verse 1 again, come by wine and milk, our second drink, milk. And you've already got a clue of what the third, the third drink is. Milk. And milk's associated with growth, isn't it? We give young children milk. How many of us have had a glass of milk this morning? Yeah, some of us, many young children do. Do you know, it's got nine different properties, apparently, including proteins, carbohydrates, minerals, fats, that we all need. Growth. Growth. An invitation to grow. Not only is there an invitation in it, there is a possibility of growth. And it's summarized by one word there. Do you see it? The word, listen. Listen to me and eat what is good. I have trouble listening. Uh, recently, I'll give you a little snapshot of this. Claire said to me, asked me to go upstairs and get the laundry basket. I went upstairs, came back downstairs with no laundry basket. Claire said, where's the laundry basket? And do you know what I said? Oh, yes. How many other people have done that? Where you've gone upstairs for something and you've come back downstairs and you've not even realised what on earth you went upstairs for in the first place. Listen to this story. I heard a great story about listening. In Australia, uh, this is a brilliant, brilliant story. A man's noisy attempts to kill a spider caused his neighbours to call up, call the police. 
because they thought something violent was happening. Police officers in Sydney went to the address after numerous calls were made claiming a woman could be heard screaming hysterically and a man yelling, I'm going to kill you, you're dead, die, die. <laughs> after police attended the address, started banging on the door, a man out of breath, flushed in the face, answered the door. And on New South Wales Police Facebook page, they then reported that they questioned the man about what was happening in his apartment. When he replied that he didn't have a wife or a girlfriend, the officers were perplexed. This is the transcript of what happened in that conversation. Police asked, uh, Sir, we've had a report of a domestic and a woman screaming. Where is she? The man. I don't know what you're talking about. I live alone. Police, come on, mate. People clearly heard you yelling you were going to kill her and furniture getting thrown around the unit. Come on, mate. What have you done to her? Man, it was a spider. <laughs> Police, sorry. Man, it was a spider. A really big spider. <laughs> Police, what about the woman screaming? Man, yeah, sorry, that was me. I really, really hate spiders. <laughs> The police report concluded with these words. After a very long pause, some laughter and a quick look around the apartment to make sure there was no injured party apart from the spider, we left. <laughs> we have difficulty listening, don't we? But it's the way to grow, isn't it? Give ear to me, come to me, listen, that you may live. Maybe for some of us, the invitation this year is to just listen to God. To come and spend time with him. Listening to his life-giving words. Socrates once said, beware the barrenness of a busy life. If you're anything like me, sometimes we can be so full that we don't seem to have capacity to stop and listen. Can I ask when was the last time... We just sat and read the Bible and prayed. The truth is that will look different for all of us. Some of us have the capacity to spend an hour every day. Uh, many of us, if we're honest, would love to have the capacity to spend an hour every day sitting in stillness with God. Uh, some of us have such long days, such full days, and we try to achieve the hour and we know that it's not realistic. But I know of somebody who has put on his dashboard a little verse so that as he's driving the kids around from destination to destination, trying then frantically to get to work, get home in time, pick up everything and all that, is a little verse that simply invites him in that stillness at the traffic lights to be still and listen. Maybe that's an invitation for you this year. Grow by listening that you may live. The third invitation is summarized by the third drink. It's an invitation to celebrate. See that again, come by wine and milk without money and without cost. And you notice about that type of wine, look at the last verse. Listen to me, eat what's good, you will delight in the richest affair. This is not Lambrusco. 
I don't know if you know, the most expensive bottle of wine ever sold in Dubai in 2009 was a 12-litre bottle of Chateau Margaux 2009. Sounds very sort of Chateau Margaux. Uh, £122,380. That's some wine, isn't it? And in the Bible, wine is often associated with celebration. Think of Jesus' first miracle that we've already sung about, turning water into wine at a wedding. The life with Jesus referred to as new wine. It's an invitation to celebrate, an invitation to joy. And yet, and yet, it's also in the Bible a picture of joy in suffering. Think of Jesus on the cross being offered wine vinegar. Henri Nouwen said these words, When we are crushed like grapes, we cannot think of the wine we will become. Beautiful quote. When we're crushed like grapes, we cannot think of the wine we will become. And it may be for some of us, 2016 is a year to pray that God would help us to find joy even in the devastation in our lives. Celebrate even in our suffering. I was chatting to someone a while ago who who was talking about how the fact they lost their sister when they were young And people were asking, how do you have faith in the middle of that? And this person's reply was, I don't know how you can cope without Christ. That even in the middle of deep, deep pain, there is a joy that is not a smiley face joy, but is a deep sense of joy. Even when the world is crashing around you. Maybe 2016 is a year for quiet joy and celebration. Summarized by that drink of wine. So three drinks, water, life. Maybe this year's a year for life. Milk, growth, how are we going to grow this year? Wine, celebration, are we people of celebration? Are we people that are known that we have found good news? But there's a final invitation, isn't there? There's an invitation to live, to grow, to celebrate, but there is also an invitation to others, isn't there? An invitation to others. Do you see that last verse that we read, verse 5? In the context of all of that relationship with God, all that he has done, all that is right with God, surely then you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Do you notice it's not a duty? It's something that others see in their life that therefore people come running to you because of God's presence with them. What a great prayer. God, that people would see your presence in our midst and come running in, running in. These seats we have here that are empty, wouldn't it be brilliant to have them filled? Sometimes just simply inviting somebody to come into a church gathering on a Sunday, they're longing for that. Others aren't, but some are. Charles Spurgeon, as I come to a close, said these words, I think you've not understood the Bible unless it makes you care about the salvation of others. And I think there's something natural about when we meet with God, when we have those encounters with him, when we see his life in Christ, and when we grow in him, and when we're people of joy even despite suffering, others see 
and want to know more. May we be a people this year who invite others, not out of duty, but out of a clear sense that God is at work in us. May it be so. Can I invite us to stand? Please stand. And as I invite the band back up, we're going to simply pray. And it may be that you fit into one of those three categories. It may be that you're somebody this year that you long for that life. There's something deeply unsatisfying and you long to have that thirst quenched. Or it may be that for some of you, you long to grow. Or for others, we long to be people who celebrate even in the middle of suffering. Father, we thank you. Thank you that you extend the invitation to come. That it is an invitation and an opportunity. And so, Lord, we simply pray that we would be people who respond to that. We would find life. We would grow. We'd be able to celebrate. And that, therefore, that invitation would extend to others. May it be so, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.